Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am genuinely so excited that you are tuning in today. Wild Hearts is for those who are passionate about diving deep, keeping it real, reclaiming their passions, and getting after the things that they were made to do without apology. In each episode, I sit down with a fellow Wild Heart to talk about life, travel, faith, and everything in between. So let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I am really excited about this episode because I cannot tell you how many messages, emails, comments I've received over the last few years asking me specifically about budget travel or traveling on a budget or finding the best deals. And honestly, I never get tired of it. I am 100% aware and good (laughs) with the fact that I have sort of become known as a budget traveler, like that's become a little niche of mine, because it's what I am. I'm like, I am a budget traveler generally. When I first started playing around with the idea of traveling long term a few years ago, I knew that finances would kind of always be the thing that either kept me going or never let me start. So I decided to make sure it helped me travel rather than kept me from ever getting to do it, and I've never looked back. So in this episode, I'm going to share a bit more about my history with money. Spoiler alert, pretty sure I have financial anxiety and probably always have, Um, as well as the ways that I learned about and practiced saving, what I did when I knew I wanted to save for travel specifically, and how you can take all of these things and start traveling on a budget too. So let's dive right in. First up, my history with money. So yeah, uh, my history with money is complicated. (laughs) And without getting into kind of all of the nitty gritty details, I'll share that um, I've pretty much been financially independent since I was around 15 or 16, which is also the age I was when I got my first job. Um, And I've kind of been working ever since. Fast forward to age 19, and I was signing my life away (laughs) in documents that I didn't fully understand to take on student loans uh, that I also didn't really understand to eventually get a degree that I am now barely even using. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if anyone else can relate. But to be fair, I I mean, honestly, I wouldn't trade my college experience for anything because I learned a lot. I had a lot of really great opportunities in that season and I made some really amazing friends. But it was definitely a decision I wish I would have thought about a bit more, particularly the whole yeah, you're eventually going to have to pay back these tens of thousands of dollars you're borrowing to go to this school part of that season of life. But alongside those student loans, I had to work my way through college in order to pay other bills and, you know, just have fun. And I knew I was kind of the only person I could rely on for those things. That's kind of always been my reality and really played into my financial anxiety. It turns out something I've learned in my counseling journey, which I talk about quite a bit, is that my financial fears, the financial anxieties, while valid, are actually kind of, um, they sit on top of kind of like an even more (laughs) like another layer of fear which is that like I'm alone and no one else will take care of me I'm just going real deep real quick we're barely four minutes into this podcast but uh it turns out that's what my financial anxiety kind of manifests as so I think that's really fascinating um Anyway, okay, back to budget travel. So a year after I graduated from college, I moved across the country from my home state of California to Nashville, Tennessee, and I eventually got a job working for a guy named Dave Ramsey. Yes, that is the guy who teaches people how to get 
out of debt. Is that not just ironic slash serendipitous slash hilarious? It took me a year of working there to kind of hit a quarter life crisis of sorts and plead with God about knowing that or just at least deeply feeling that I was made for more than being an assistant, which is what I was doing there. And this is no shade to assistants. I fully believe they are for real the backbone of most businesses and that most of these businesses would absolutely fall apart without their assistants. But it definitely was not my thing. It wasn't fulfilling to me. And honestly, I probably wasn't even that good at it. Uh, I can look back now and actually just admit I probably wasn't very good at it. Um, But it was in that moment of pleading that I felt the conviction to get serious about paying off my loans, which at that point were both my student loans and a car loan. So to kind of keep it short, I just committed to that. I committed to doing that. And so alongside my full-time job, I started um, taking on a ton of random side jobs like babysitting, pet suiting, tutoring, et cetera, et cetera. And two years later, I was celebrating an achievement of getting out of debt um, and planning to further celebrate by taking a trip, a short trip to London just a few months later. Spoiler alert, uh, that short trip eventually turned into a co- cross-country move back to California and a four-and-a-half-month trip all over Europe, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So what I learned in that season of paying off my debt, plus another 10 months of saving like an absolute madman, was that no excuse is really good enough when it comes to putting off the things we feel like we're supposed to do. I knew that I needed to get out of debt, and so I eventually stopped making excuses as to why I couldn't, saying things like, I didn't make enough money, or I didn't have enough time, or I couldn't possibly take on another job, etc., etc. And instead, I committed to the thing I wanted more, to be free of the things that were weighing me down and holding me back, aka my debt, so that I could step into what I really wanted, which at the time, I thought was just kind of a more fulfilling life or a more fulfilling thing in the next season. I also learned how to make sacrifices in order to save money. First, I sacrificed my time in order to take on side jobs to make that extra money. I was in my mid-20s, kind of the prime of your young adult life. And while many of my friends my age were out bar hopping or at concerts or having just generally a lot of fun, I was babysitting four to five nights a week and working 16-hour days and driving all around the suburbs of Nashville trying to scrape up extra cash. It was a sacrifice, y'all. And while it sucked at the time, I can now say with absolute certainty that it was worth it in the end to help me get closer and closer to my goals. I also learned to make other kinds of sacrifices like choosing to eat at home or bring lunch to work to avoid the cost of eating out or bringing tea bags to Starbucks and just getting a hot cup of water instead of paying $5 for a coffee. This is a very true scenario from a long season in my life. I did that a lot. It was wild. And, you know, just doing things like opting out of fun activities in order to save that money to say yes, uh, in order to either save the money or to say yes to side gig opportunities. It was not easy. It was not easy, but I really learned to kind of keep the end in mind through that season of my life. Then once I was out of debt, I realized that I had the opportunity slash just felt really nudged by God to travel more long term. But that 
required some things of me that felt very uncomfortable at the time. It required me quitting my job, my full-time job with benefits and, you know, just the general financial security that comes along with that. It was terrifying. But the possibility of stepping into something new and big and exciting eventually overpowered my fear. And I'm so, so thankful for that. So from there, I spent another 10 months post-debt payoff continuing to work tons of extra jobs and save like crazy for what I hoped was some future travels. And in that time, I was able to, I'm just going to be transparent with you guys, I was able to save almost $10,000 for my future trip. And it was crazy. It was wild. $10,000 is a lot of money. And I mean, I worked a lot for it, but still it felt monumental. And if you happen to kind of, I don't know, be new around here and don't know what happened after that, I actually ended up getting a super part-time remote job right before my big Europe trip, which alongside the money I had saved gave me the opportunity to spend almost two full years solo traveling around the U.S. and Europe before eventually landing back in Nashville, where I am now, in late 2019. Yeah, right before the pandemic hit. Let's talk about crazy timing, shall we? (laughs) All that said, I have learned a lot about not only saving money, but traveling on a budget as well. My first big Europe trip, which was almost five months and in which I visited over 35 cities in 13 different countries, only ended up costing me around $12,000. And yes, that is a lot of money. But it's also really not that much money when you think about it. I was paying for things like transit, lodging, food, and activities all day, every day for more than a third of the year. So if you were to break it down, I was spending around $2,600 a month in that season. And I don't know about you guys, but that was about the same that I was spending just living in Nashville, if not less. But instead, I got to live in places like Portugal and Spain and Italy and Croatia and et cetera, et cetera. So many amazing places. And it was absolutely life changing. Then you flash forward to today. And I still kind of can't believe I get to say this, but I've been able to turn my passion and my love for travel into a job. It's not my full-time job. It's a side job for sure, but I love it. I get to help dozens of people make their travel dreams a reality as an independent travel planner. And never did I think that my decision to say yes to the nudge I personally felt to travel years ago could ever turn into getting to help others say yes to their own travels too. And I am... 100% having the best time. So, hence becoming known as a budget traveler. It is true. I love a deal when I travel. I love making the numbers work in my favor so that I get to experience both new and beloved places exactly in the ways that I want to. And more than all of that, I love getting to help you guys do the same. That said, now that you know a little bit about me, my financial history, my financial anxiety, we went real deep at the beginning, and how I was able to save and sacrifice and, you know, really prioritize traveling even on a budget, I want to share what I know with you. So here are some of my tips for traveling on a budget, which I hope will encourage and help you as you begin dreaming and scheming for your future travels too. And P.S., Stick around for a fun little announcement toward the end of this episode. I can't wait to share it with you guys. All right, tip number one, 
save up. This should probably come as no surprise. But the first step to saving up for travel is to really decide what your priorities are. And if you're here and you're listening and you want to know more about budget travel, I think it's pretty safe to assume that travel is a priority to you. And if that's true, then you're going to want to prioritize saving money for travel. Duh. But how can you do that? The first thing you can do is make it a goal to save a certain amount of money a month for travel. You get to decide what that number is. You know how much you're bringing in and how much is going out. Hopefully you have a monthly budget. If you don't, we can have a separate conversation about that. But if you do, then you probably know how much excess you might have or where you can even make some sacrifices in order to be able to save each month. Treat it like a payment that you have to make to avoid making excuses or potential justifications as to why you just can't save each month. And then you get to watch as your travel savings starts to add up. Personally, I have a travel savings account kind of attached to the same bank where I do my checking and all that. And each month I put as much as I can into this travel savings account so that when the time comes for me to take a trip, I don't have to stress about the money because ideally I have it all saved up there. It's so easy and so great to always just have a little bit of money there ready to go if and when I'm ready to travel. If you're looking for ways to save, start by looking for spots in your budget. Again, like I mentioned earlier, where you can save a little bit, like your daily coffee or maybe some of the ways that you eat out or, I don't know, shop or whatever. Any ways that you can make some sacrifices there could be really, really great. Um, Yeah, and then you can decide what sacrifices you want to make no matter how big or small um, in order to like have them add up over the long haul and then have that money for travel later like I mentioned it's just such a great thing to get to see another way to save money is to pick up some side hustles especially if you're full-time or your or your your full-time job or your normal income just won't cut it I have some ideas for side hustles many of which I did myself sometimes still do, honestly. Those are babysitting, pet or house sitting, tutoring, selling things that you don't need or thrifting things to flip on Facebook Marketplace or apps like Poshmark, Mercari, or Depop, offering some sort of service, starting a side business, opening an Etsy store. Like The possibilities are endless. So you could always find some some little ways to take on some side jobs in order to earn a little bit of extra income that you can then save up for travel. All right, tip number two. This also should come as no surprise, create a budget. Planning for and creating a budget for your travels can feel very intimidating, I totally get it, but allow me to hopefully help simplify the process for you. First, as you're thinking about a trip in particular, consider how many days you want to travel and the cities or the destinations you want to go to, and then use that information to create sort of an estimated budget. You can start by estimating how much money you might need for that trip to spend on things like your flights to get there and back, transit once you're on the ground, accommodations, only you know the kind of accommodations you want, whether you're a hostile girl like me or you're all about the five-star experience, as well as food fun, all those things that will help you figure out how much to save or put aside for your trip. And hey, if you've already been saving, chances are you already have the money ready to go. My advice is to put all the numbers into a simple spreadsheet to help keep track of everything as you go. Once you do that, you can start researching and booking all the things and saving money 
while you're planning, which there's more on that in the next tip. But before we get there, I want to share that I just launched a new free travel guide for you guys, aptly called How to Travel on a Budget. And inside of it, I included my exclusive template for your budget and your itinerary, which can be reused and recycled for each and every trip that you take. It's the exact template I have used, continue to use, and will probably always use for my travels. So you can click on the link in the show notes to get it, and you can use the set of Google Sheets within the freebie to plan, budget for, and track your expenses while you travel. All you have to do is save the template to your own Google Drive and start using it. All right, guys, tip number three, plan your trip. While there are countless ways to save money as you're planning your trip, some of the most straightforward things you can do are to search for and book affordable flights, look at all of your available ground transit options, and then find the best places to stay based on your budget and, of course, your travel preferences. So let's start with flights. Here are my favorite ways to find the best, most affordable flights. You've probably heard me talk about Google Flights before, but this powerful tool can help you check options across so many major airlines with just a few exceptions. Like if you're in the States, Southwest won't show up on Google Flights, so I always recommend doing a separate search. Um, But I recommend personally when it comes to flights, booking with what fits most comfortably within your budget. I definitely tend to opt for the cheapest. Um... There are a few exceptions, (laughs) but I am big on spending less on getting to the places I'm going so that I have more to spend once I'm there, particularly on really good food or really cool experiences. Something else that's really cool with Google Flights is that you can set up flight alerts. That way you get automatically notified when fares drop for flights within a particular or specific date range, or if you're flexible, it'll just send you notifications for flight drop prices went in that date range that you might be comfortable with. You should also consider subscribing to some email lists like Scott's Cheap Flights or Fairdrop to get specific alerts for low price flights from airports near you. I'll link all these things in the show notes so you guys can check them out. And just as a quick note, it is generally agreed upon by experts that the best times to book domestic flights is, if you're in the U.S., is around one to three months out. And then if you're looking to go international, it's about two to eight months out. I tend to stick around the three-month mark for international and, I don't know, eight weeks or so for domestic. And it's always going to be cheaper to fly in the middle of the week compared to a weekend. So definitely think about that as well. Then when it comes to ground transit, here are some different options to consider when it comes to getting around while you're traveling, especially while you're on a budget. So buses, they're generally cheaper than other options, but could take longer to get to your destination. Trains, often fairly quick. Plus, they give you some pretty great views along the way, but they're usually a bit more expensive than buses. Flights. These are typically more expensive, but also a lot faster. And don't forget to calculate, though, the time that it takes to get to the airport, go through security, etc., etc., because you might find that a train will end up being faster if the destination isn't too far away. And then, of course, there's rental cars. So depending on where you're going, these can be very expensive, but some destinations require them. Like if you're going to Ireland, I will tell all my clients to get a rental car because there are going to be places you're going to want to go that you just simply can't get to without a rental car. 
All right, let's talk accommodations really quick. Again, there's so many different types you can stay in when you travel that cross multiple price points, but here are a few different types of lodging you can consider when planning your trip. So first up, hostels. These can be such an affordable option for lodging, especially in places like Europe. I actually stayed in some really amazing cities for like $20, $25 a night in kind of dorm style, female only rooms. Um, and I would do it all over again. I met people from all over the world, some of which I still talk to today. So you can check out Hostel World to search for hostels in the cities you're hoping to visit. Highly recommend reading all the reviews if you're looking at hostels as well. Then there's Airbnbs. These operate in many places around the world and are often more affordable than traditional hotels. Plus, you get the opportunity to live a bit more like a local when you opt for something like an Airbnb or a VRBO. Then, of course, we have hotels. These are always a solid choice, but almost always more expensive. If you're dead set on a hotel experience, though, do some research for ones that meet your budget and your travel requirements. They may feel like unicorns, but I promise affordable, beautiful hotels really do exist. I found some really great ones for some of my clients. Then there's resorts. Generally speaking, these aren't going to be the most budget-friendly for most travelers, but if you're looking for some R&R and or, you know, to kind of have things right at your fingertips at all times, you can always look at staying in an all-inclusive resort in the places that you're headed to. There are definitely also a few things that you can then do once you're traveling to help you both save money and stay on budget, especially when it comes to things like dining out and food, as well as experiences and activities. And I'm sharing these things with you as well inside my free travel guide that I mentioned earlier, How to Travel on a Budget, which once again is linked in the show notes. So go ahead and head to that link and you can download my travel guide with even more details details, tips, and tactics on how to travel on a budget. Okay, friends, that is it for this episode. Thanks for hanging with me. And I truly, truly hope that you are feeling inspired and encouraged to start dreaming and scheming and planning for some of your future trips, no matter what your budget is. Try not to let the money or the finances get in the way of your hopes to see the world. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that the content in this episode has encouraged and inspired you to step out and say yes to the things that God has for you. And hey, while I've got your attention, I would absolutely love it if you went ahead and subscribed, rated, and reviewed Wild Hearts with Janine. It would honestly mean so much to me. I'll see you guys back here when the next episode drops. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. 